pandemic got us into a reflective space and made us look inward to see what we can do for the world at large. As a self-expression coach, I became a catalyst for women and started Vani, a one-on-one -on -one coaching program for women on finding their voice, to speak up, to be visible. As a storyteller, I spotted there were many ordinary people amongst us leading extraordinary lives, making a difference to the world, and they needed to be heard. Thus was born You and I with Rashmi Shetty, where amazing personal journeys with their uniqueness and individuality are showcased. A reaffirmation of the fact, open your eyes wider, the world is far more beautiful when we acknowledge the presence of both you and I. Learning Matters is a seven-year-old edtech organization based in Bengaluru. They implement the artificial intelligence-based solution Tara in schools and colleges to improve the communicative English proficiency of students and teachers. They were recognized by India AI and NASCOM for their significant contribution to India's AI ecosystem by being included in their Compedium 75 at 75 that showcases 75 Indian companies during innovative work using AI last year. Our guest today is Saraswati Ramamurthy, one of the co-founders of Learning Matters. An early childhood education expert, she has worked in various facets of the education domain as an educator and educationist. Her core expertise is in designing and developing educational curricula and programs, teaching children, training teachers, as well as creating digital education products and programs. As the co-founder of Learning Matters, she takes care of marketing. Listen in as Saraswati shares what Learning Matters does. She explains the bus around the third edition of the Star Educator Award that they are hosting. To nominate yourself or anyone you know, click on the link given in the description. Hi, Saraswati. Welcome to you and I with Rashmi Shetty. Always so lovely and a pleasure to interact with you. And um, it's an honor to be invited back again for the second time by you. So thank you so much for that. First and foremost, congratulations on one year, the anniversary of receiving this great honor of the company's 75 at 75 last year for the 75th Independence Day. So yes, and what a celebration, a year has gone by and so much has changed. You got into the space before people started speaking about it. But now that you're in the space, what would you tell poor teachers who don't know whether the homework is done by the student or AI or Chad GPT has filled in the homework pages? Yes, um, it's been a year since NASCOM recognized um, Learning Matters uh, for doing very relevant and meaningful work um, using AI and technology. And we're very thrilled to have made it on the NASCOM 75 at 75. Uh, absolutely. And I think that's a very uh, real challenge that's uh, affecting teachers and students right now as we speak. Um, so you're, you're going back to your question of 
uh, you know, what would I like to tell teachers? Um, I think I think they have to take a very practical approach to this, right? You know, you know, all these tools are out there, chat GPT, proximity AI, or whatever, all of those tools are, they're free, they're out there. Students of today have grown up with technology, right? They've learned to swipe uh, before they've learned to speak, isn't it? And they know technology way better than the teachers. Okay, that is the fact. So instead of saying, you know, um, do not use, and, uh, you know, you will be penalized if you use, because there's also no way teachers can check, because a student may not necessarily... Um, you know, get get uh, the entire homework done from from chat GPT or any of the other tools. They may be using parts of it. Okay, so how is a teacher to know? And and if a teacher decides to start checking, uh, that's going to add many hours of work to their already overloaded schedule. So I think what schools should do is to set guidelines on the use of such tools, right? And have a healthy dialogue and conversation with students right from the middle school grades, probably from well, now even when they're coding, they're coding at uh, grade five, right? So if they're coding at grade five, have these conversations starting from grade four and five, right? Tell them about um, what does it mean to, to do an assignment by yourself, right? What does yourself mean? How much assistance and support can you reasonably take from a tool, uh, you know? And uh, maybe they can also build in into the guidelines what the student has to do to show what, what assistance they've taken from the from a chat GPT or from a proximity AI or whatever that is, and don't penalize them for it, right? Instead, reward them for their honesty. Or maybe restructure the assignments. I mean, after all, we are educators, right? We need to be creative as well. Don't give the students assignments that they have to do at home. Simple, right? Make them do whatever they have to do in class where they don't have phones or, um, you know, the use of the laptop or whatever with them restructure it make them make them study at home like a flipped classroom make them come to the class and give them their assignments there change the way in which you're assessing your students right let it not be a written thing which has to be done at home maybe use 10 minutes of your class time to make them work on a written assignment or assess them in other ways right so so there are ways around this but i think definitely the way is not to tell them that they cannot use it because that's never going to happen right in fact organizations now are encouraging employees right and this is a fact they're encouraging employees to use chat gpt no matter what role you play what vertical you are in the organization you're being encouraged to use chat, chat gpt to increase your productivity right to get more done so what are we telling our students actually the world is headed in a way where uh, in the working world in the corporate world you're encouraged to use such tools because it is widely acknowledged and agreed that it is a way to enhance your efficiency and productivity. But we're telling students don't do that. Isn't that conflicting messaging then? Right. So we should be actually equipping our students, teaching them how to use these things meaningfully. Right. Now, the other thing, a small point I want to add here is as someone who's been in the education field and a lot of time spent in creating written content for educators, uh, both in my role in the United States as well as here in Learning Matters, um, you know, uh, the, the meaning of the word plagiarism, right? This is something that I, as a, as, a, as a writer and as a creator of content, something that I was very aware of, right? What does it mean? You know, what does it mean to plagiarize? What does it mean to be inspired by? And there's a vast difference between the two. Schools are telling students, don't use ChatGPT, whatever. But I find that they're actually not taking the time to explain to students 
all about plagiarism, what does it mean, how can you avoid it, right? So don't just tell students, don't copy, don't copy. They don't understand why. The student of today wants to know, why are you asking me not to do that, right? And if, if at home they're seeing their parents using chat GPT, at work, because it's making them better at what they do, they're able to get more done, then won't the students wonder, you know, why this dichotomy, right? So I think we have to, uh, you know, sort of embrace it and um, teach students how to use these tools productively. And as far as schools and teachers, they have to, I think, restructure how they assess students. If you think, don't give an, don't give an, assi an, an, an assignment or a homework or an assessment that is to be done at home where they're not in front of you. Change it up. I mean, there are thousands of ways in which we, students can be assessed. Yeah, that's so true. Embracing it, but restructuring what you have on hand to use it as your aid rather than see it as an obstacle to progress, yeah. I think is the right attitude. Yes, yes. So maybe here I'll ask you to take a few steps back, Saraswati, and go back to education and you, because learning matters hugely plays a role in education today and has used ways and devised ways in which technology can be leveraged. So before your journey with learning matters began, what was the connection between education and you that when you left the United States and came back, it just fell into place way before AI captured the space? Yeah. So um, I uh, so always, always been in education. I mean, I was one of those um, teenagers that knew I wanted to go into the teaching profession. It was sort of a very obvious calling for me. And um, I worked with very young children, um, creating um, educational programs, uh, working with parents, and then eventually training younger teachers, um, younger student teachers to become teachers. You know, what's, what's the appropriate way of being a teacher? How do you structure your classroom environment? How do you create uh, appropriate content? And, and things like that. Um, so that's always been something that I was passionate about um, and I was good at it and I absolutely loved it with, uh, you know, every, every cell in my body loved being a teacher and being around um, little ones. Um, when I uh, moved uh, from the United States and came back to India, I initially worked with Pearson uh, at Pearson for about a year. Um, I was with um, my very good friend from high school. So I've known her since grade nine. Um, was also working in Pearson then and, um, and we had a great connection. We found that we shared a lot uh, of similar ethos about not just education but more specifically about teachers and the sort of that very important role that teachers play in our educational system. Um, you know, even today with all of the technology, all of the AI and everything, when you go to school, you still have teachers there. Right, and the teachers are still driving everything, and I, I'm quite sure they're going to drive it for many years to come. Right, um, you know, when you, not just in a school or a college setting, but even outside of that, when you go to a tuition, when you go to any kind of tutoring, it's still a human, human teacher there who is teaching you. So we realize that while the whole education system is um, such a vast education system, especially in India, right, um, it is centered on the teacher. But how much regular support um, does that teacher get? You know, the, the, the thing that I love to say is, uh, you know, teaching is the profession that, that uh, teaches all other professions in that sense, right? 
else. So no matter, you could be a lawyer, you could be a doctor, you could be anything. You could be an artist, you could be a carpenter, you could, you could choose plumbing as your trade. You were taught by someone, isn't it? So teaching is the profession that creates all other professions. And while we have such strict guidelines in most professions about how often you should be uh, retrained, how often you should be upskilled, you know, because every profession um, you know, has updates that, that happen. You know, that's a cyclical change that happens in all professions, right? There are new, new things that come into being, new rules, new guidelines, new perspectives or ways of thinking. So while all other professions require this, uh, people in them, professionals, to be retrained or to get upskilled or so that they leave sort of the older ways behind and move to the newer ways, Shouldn't teachers be the first set of people for whom we do that, right? They're almost like our um, frontline, uh, you know, warriors, right? So, so that was something that uh, resonated a lot between us. And when Gauri um, and uh, Murphy and I started learning matters, we were very clear that it, it was going to be something related to do something related to teachers, uh, because um, you know, no one really, you know, does a lot for them. And so we said, okay, we're going to do that, and. It, it's going to be mostly uh, for those who don't have such opportunities. Tier one schools and teachers have plenty of things coming their way. Uh, let's look at tier two perhaps, right? Um, and let's see what we can do for them that allows them to become better teachers, allows them to become better educators. And that is how sort of the whole thing fell into place. Um, with teachers currently at Learning Matters, there are two big things that we're doing. and. Our um, flagship uh, you know, solution right now, of course, is Tara, which is our uh, AI-powered uh, spoken English uh, trainer. It's, it it um, uses a blend of the Alexa platform, Amazon's Alexa platform, uh, but along with physical books. Uh, um, and this, the student, or the, I should say the learner, the learner could be your adult teacher or it could be your students. Uh, and there are separate courses for both. But it is a, these are live classes in which the learner um, goes through these lessons and various levels and courses uh, to become, to enhance the proficiency in spoken English. And so it's, it's vocabulary, it's diction, it's pronunciation. Because if you think about it, you know, why are you and I able to so effortlessly converse in English, right? Um, you know, why aren't, you, that's because you and I have grown up with the privilege and the opportunity of being exposed to very good models of English, right? I mean, you probably grew up listening to a fair amount of really good English. So did I. And so we're able to converse effortlessly. You drop us in the US or you drop us in anywhere. We're very confident in our English, right? But that's not the case when you go into tier two and definitely tier three, tier four. Even the teachers, even an English teacher doesn't have a good model of English. So how can we expect them to pick up proficiency in a language, in the language, right? So that's what Tara does. Tara gives them that setting where it's a non-judgmental setting. There is no human teacher who is, you know, watching you like a hawk or correcting you. So the, immediately the threat of being judged goes away. They're interacting with the eco dot, which is the device. And it's a conversational mode of learning. So they, you know, they read from the book, uh, Tara, the teacher um, on the Alexa will ask them questions. They answer, she listens, and then she corrects them. And so the lesson progresses that way. So they get to hear her speaking English, and then they get to speak and converse with us. So, so this modality of learning, because if you think about how humans learn, 
any language, right? How did we all learn our mother tongue? Whatever the mother tongue may be, could be Kannada, could be Gujarati, could be Tamil, doesn't matter. We learned because we heard someone first. But the next step was we spoke, right? We spoke and someone spoke back to us. And so that, that game went on and then it, it evolves, it becomes more complex and that's how we learn, right? Um, so that is exactly what we're providing to learners with Tara. We're providing them an opportunity to hear, we're providing them an opportunity to speak and to be corrected. So that's, that's how it works. And that's how we are using technology and um, AI in what we do. Uh, and we realize that it's not enough if we are targeting just the students for this. We also have to target their models for the teachers, which is why there are two courses on Tara, one for teachers and one for students. If you can take us through this entire concept, uh, Saraswati, when it comes to what is it that learning matters set out to achieve when you set out? You said that teachers were the, the key in any society, which gets every aspect and profession of society working. The key, main key, the fulcrum of it is the teacher, who yes. is the main connector for all yes. the different pointers that we have as professions. Yes. So when learning matters began, you said your focus would be teachers in tier two, in tier three uh, towns and cities, and that's where you're going to focus. But your idea was to help them enhance themselves. Was that how you began that, okay, teachers now need to enhance their own uh, education, learning, and their effectiveness? Was that the core idea with which you started learning that? Yes, yes very much. That was the idea. And... So what we started off with was um, if you so if you are able to enhance the proficiency of a teacher, even a single teacher, see a single teacher has multiple touch points with multiple yeah. students yeah. year after year. So that teacher's yeah. touch point goes over generations, right? If you look at the teacher's effect on multiple students, then the students, each of them in their households, the impact is actually huge. Mm -hmm. So uh, we wanted to uh, enhance teachers' proficiency, their skills, skill in being able to teach, no matter what they were teaching, they, we wanted to show them how they could become better at what they did, which would then directly have an impact on students and ultimately lead to students scoring better grades, right? And then being able to, and then students doing better for themselves, right? So if, if a student has very good teachers throughout his or her student life, the trajectory of that student's life is automatically going to change, right? right. The, the, the academic from an academic sense as well as from the non-academic sense as well uh, that student is definitely going to do better in life that automatically changes the sort of the life of that student's family now and the future generations of that student so we started off with our star teacher teacher training program which was exclusively meant at training teachers so it's a um, it's a good and old... how did the AI fall in there? Because you all come from a background of uh, technology, so you're familiar. Alexa had just come in. So, do these teachers each have an equipment from where they do the training, or is it a common place where they have and the equipment, uh, the Tara, plays out for the teachers? So how is the whole modus operandi? Yeah, so we provide them the uh, Alexa. It's based on, you know, how many students are there in the school, the, the school, uh, there are various models of Tara implementation that a school can choose. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, based on how many grades of students and how many teachers they would like to enroll into the Tara program, 
they choose that many number of ipo dots and books and so on and then we train the teachers on how to use the ipo dot how to how to run the tara program and how do you assess your students how do you support your students to through this and how do you yourself take your own tara lessons right um, and and that's how we we train them so it's a complete comprehensive and exhaustive training that we give them um you know we handhold them through that process until we are confident that they are able to independently implement it now um schools also choose various models of this some of them want us to stay with them throughout the year you know so so we have our facilitators who actually physically are in the school and um, are there on a day to day basis some schools say no if you train us on how to do it we can then run it ourselves you just monitor us and so we do that too how are the teachers chosen does the school give you the list of teachers who will be undergoing the training with you yeah. and then then yeah, because yeah they know their teachers best and yeah. uh, depending on which grades of students they want um doing the tara program automatically though those grades english teachers will will fall into this as well as they may identify other teachers as well maybe an academic coordinator or or someone like that who is able to uh, implement the program and sort of monitor the students progress okay okay yeah. so this as of now currently focuses only on english as a subject or you've had now you have it for many subjects across different schools and all that okay so tara focuses on spoken english proficiency and here one quick uh, point to notice it doesn't focus on english as a subject but on english as a skill so because when you look at english as a subject what will happen is see we have so many different uh, curricula curricula in india right um so each school is going to follow different uh, you know they aligned with a different board automatically they'll have different books now even in icse itself right if you're cbse then you will have ncert books but if you're icse then what do you do or if, you know you'd have you can choose any publisher so it becomes impossible to uh, create courses right because aligned to different books or curricula so we decided no that's not the intent the intent is to enhance english as a skill what does that mean in your day to day life right in day to day scenarios um how do you how do we equip you with um, vocabulary skills um you know pronunciation sentence construction um and plain and simple confidence to be able to carry out a conversation in correct english so it focuses on english as a skill wow okay so this clarity now when you set out on this did the schools immediately buy the idea of english as a skill of course because especially in tier 2 and uh, onwards uh, they are very aware that one of the um, largest gaps that their students have is in english proficiency you go to any tier 2 school and between everyone at learning matters everyone has visited so many tier 2 tier 3 schools um and spoken to so many principals and school owners and correspondents i can tell you you know with absolute certainty that that is the area where they want you know they 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 feel you know they get very emotional about the fact that you know my students are so bright so hard working so um you know ambitious they're as good as the city kids but english holds us back you know if only my students could speak like the city kids right that's all i want right so they're not lacking in anything else they're not lacking in intelligence uh, 
ambition effort you know and in fact they are more aspirational often than the city right they are more aspirational than tier 1 yeah. but they don't know how to get their students uh, to uh, you know speak well and they are very aware that in india even now even though we have uh, a big push on the indian languages rightfully so absolutely for that um i think uh, we should all accept that at a certain level in 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 certain professions and especially if you're going to be working in cities given the multi um multinational and you know sort of the global nature of many uh, many roles you you english is still the language of business so and they are very aware of that so they are always looking for a very good way to enhance their students proficiency and they also want to enhance the teachers proficiency and that's something that parents want to right you know parents 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 are the first to notice when there's when their children's english improves it's the parents at home who first notice that you know so they they want it um, as much as the school or probably more okay because you said you have two models one for the teachers and one for the students so the teacher model the teacher is the touch point so the teacher model is completely different as far as speaking skill goes and for the students the model is very different how do you differentiate is it grade wise that this is what the student should be speaking and that's mm-hmm. how you build it how do you how do you yeah. divide so, this uh, yeah tara is not grade wise tara is um, all of the content on tara it's of different levels in tara there are different levels these are mapped to uh, a global um, standards for proficiency in languages called cefr that is the common european framework of references for languages so cefr has levels that define proficiency in any language from german to english to everything else um, so it says you know if you're an a1 it means that you have this proficiency but if you're an a2 it means this b1 b2 and so on so what we do is um it's not mapped by grade it's mapped by these levels and so you could potentially have a situation where in a tara class a particular tara class you could have a few students from grade 6 but you could have a few students from grade 8 or 9 okay in the same class because their levels of english proficiency are all similar and so that is how when we assess do the pre assessment Uh, the assessment tells us what level, uh, on average, the, the students and the teachers are at, and then they are mapped to a Tara level. So it is that the teacher and the student also have each other in the journey, or the student depends completely on the AI to help, and the teacher has her journey, which is completely different. Yeah, the teachers have their separate course, which is um, in manner of uh, implementation or how they do their lessons. It's very similar to how the students do their lessons. uh but the teachers courses are different uh but it's it's very um similar in um, in the topics that are dealt with right so if it's if it's uh, let's say you know um out out and about in, uh, you know going to a restaurant or going to um the market or um uh, having a conversation with neighbors you know there'll be very similar topics for both the teachers and the students because and the teachers typically start their tara lessons ahead of the students so by the time they are supporting the students in doing there the teachers have done something similar already okay. and so now they are able to support the students in doing their lessons okay this this really is very interesting and uh, any stories uh, saraswati around uh, what exactly has been feedback which somebody who went through 
as a teacher, as a student, or saw the student progress or themselves progress as teachers who where they gave a personal story? Uh, we have multiple stories and actually our, our uh, two teams that are uh, sort of out and about in the field a lot, they are the ones who really have the best stories. Um, a few that, that I remember are uh, one of our schools in, um, um, I think it's one of the schools in the Nilgiris, um, where the mother, uh, there was a, uh, we do a Tara open day where the students at some interval, let's say after six months of being in the course, it's, a, it's like a, a program with various competitions and events, uh, all in English and the students, you know, practice for it and then their parents are invited. So it's like a nice little uh, event that everyone in the school participates in. And there was um, a mother who spoke up in Tamil at the end of the event and um, she actually started crying. She was very tearful um, saying that, you know, her child who is uh, going to the Tara class and is coming back home and um, you know, speaking in English, she, she became very emotional saying it's the first generation of their family to, to learn English and to be able to speak in it. And, um, um, you know, I thought that was very... Um, very goosebumpy, you know. Um, and there was another uh, incident um, where um, the child is, um, uh, I think this might have been from one of our schools in Salem. And I think one of the fathers, when they were getting some feedback, um, the fathers relayed uh, that now that the daughter is um, speaking English, when he has to go out of town, when he has to go out from, uh, it's not really Salem, but outskirts, but he has to go to a larger city he takes the daughter along with him because she can now communicate in English. And so he feels very proud that he can take her along to do that, that communication for him, you know, things like that. And we have a principal from another school in, in Salem who, uh, you know, shared with us uh, so, so warmly that he's seeing a difference in his teachers. And he said, you know, I can't blame them. They've grown up all their life. They all come from a farming agricultural background, right? And, um, but seeing the confidence that the teachers are now, you know, have because of Tara or even the students, he said at the beginning of the year, when your team would come in, uh, from Bangalore and the students are very aware, you know, they know that someone has come from a big city. Maybe it's, maybe it's the way that we dress or it's the way that, that we handle ourselves. Students always know, you know, they always ask, where have you come from? You know, they always ask us that because they know, ah, these people are not from our town, you know? And he said, in the beginning, the students um, would be very you know, shy. They wouldn't speak up in front of your team. Uh, and now, having gone through the Tara program, your team comes. There are four or five of them observing, and the students don't care to hoots, right? They're so confident now. And they're just jabbering away and speaking. So, so a lot of stories, but these are a few that immediately came to mind. Okay. And uh, the target schools in this are only government schools, uh, semi-aided schools. What are the kind of schools you're looking at? Any school, it can be any school. Typically, uh, we work with a lot of uh, private affordable schools as well. Um, we work with a lot of government schools as well. Typically, the government schools come in, uh, we partner with government schools through a larger organization who might be running their CSR through us. Right? So, um, for example, you know, we're very happy that we're working with the Microland Foundation. And so Microland Foundation has partnered with us to implement Tara in many of the schools that they run in the Nilgiris area. So, um, so we do work with a lot of government schools. Uh, we work with a lot of private schools that, uh, that have signed up with us of their own accord. How old is Learning Matters, Sarasiti? I forgot to ask you. We are, uh, we are 
over seven years old now. Okay, and the impact, the number of students and uh, teachers that you have impacted, if you can tell me a rough number, that's so, all. Yeah, I think collectively, I think um, Tara learners, um, including teachers, uh, and including several colleges as well, where Tata Technologies has been partnering with us to take um, Tata as well as uh, one of our soft skills program to students in uh, colleges across Karnataka and Maharashtra. So if you include all of the learners on Tata, I think we're well at the 50,000 mark um, and growing. Okay, wow, wow. That's really, really beautiful. I'm sure when you set out on this journey, this was not what you were thinking. It was just that, okay, a small impact. Or did you have an ambition of lakhs and lakhs of students as who gave an impact? You know, that's definitely something that, you know, why would we not want that? Why would we not have that ambition, yeah. right? But 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 to get to a lakh, you have to start with 10. And the 10 has to become 100 and then 1,000. So yeah. you have to progressively add the zeros to get to the lakhs and lakhs. So we uh, sort of... Uh, plodding along, doing our work and, and hoping, uh, you know, to achieve those numbers. And um, uh, yeah, I think it's a great platform for being able to spread the word of our work and our mission. Yeah, and, uh, so cute. Yeah. 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 And now when you look back on these seven years and the real hallmarks of each of those years, some of those uh, huge moments, what have been those moments for you in these seven? Um, I think, uh, you know, just, um, you know, the, I would say, you know, just in milestones like, um, um, you know, hitting, hitting, um, you know, the thousand mark of para learners, um, looking at the scores, uh, when we get our, we do our post assessments, looking at the scores and how students have uh, improved and their gains from where they were to where they are. Uh, you know, I think those are the things that uh, that are being milestones for us. Um, but it's also, you know, things like, um, you know, and here I'll just uh, bring in our Star Educator Awards because that's also something that has um, sort of grown in uh, leaps year over year. Um, so we decided um, to start doing something, uh, run an annual awards program for uh, teachers, teachers and institutions. And we started this three years ago. And um, you know, uh, come every July, August, we start gearing up for the Star Educator Awards. And it always sort of coincides and ends on Teacher's Day. That is our intention. And it's a completely free awards program. Anyone, anywhere can nominate an educator uh, themselves. If they're an educator, someone else. It could be your colleague. It could be your principal. It could be your, your child's teacher or professor. Um, it's not just schools, it's colleges too. Any type of educational institution can also be nominated. There are 12 categories. And when we started this, the intention was, I mean, it, it just seemed like, yeah, this is something we should do because we're all about teachers. We're all about equipping them. So why not now give them a platform in which they can, uh, you know, bring this much needed love, recognition, um, honor to those who deserve it. That was plain and simple. That's what it was. And, you know, we realized that uh, um, tier two and onwards probably don't have a platform in which they can they can do this uh, free of charge. Um, and it's completely, you know, it's, it's sort of, um, you know, for the people, you know, of the people, by the people kind of a kind of thinking. So 
so it's 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 based on you know voting so our nominees can spread the word and you know we have students uh, teachers voting for their favorite teacher and all of that so we it's a way to involve sort of your whole community in the process right so if it's a principal then the students get so excited and the students and teachers are sort of spreading the word to vote for their principal to win and and things like that so it sort of brings everyone together uh but mainly you know we realized you know when when you when you can have you know the oscars and the baftas and the golden globes and all of that every year i think we should start something like that for teachers you know and you know it's it's uh, it's that's all it is i mean and you and i anyone can nominate and it's worldwide so we've had some uh, over the three years we've had very interesting winners who have won um, you know from all different parts of india we've had nominees uh, from sri lanka from indonesia um because it's all spread on it's it's there on social media um you know within india we also use whatsapp a lot um so really there's no restriction as long as you fit the bill of an educator of course there are some guidelines that have to be followed but uh, really it's to level the playing field in bringing recognition to deserving educators and educational institutions and especially now when we talk about educators uh, there is the special education category so do you have something for uh, special educators as well we do one of the categories one of the categories is all about um, those who have those who are working in the special education category um, it could be um, in any in any uh, form or modality because as we all know there is a wide array of uh different needs differently abled students and so you naturally have educators who are trained in very different things so we certainly have a category for that we have a category for educators who are making a difference through physical education because why ignore your pt sir or pt ma'am right um you know you have some very phenomenal uh pe teachers out there who are really inculcating you know the sort of goals of fitness and health and making children fall in love with sports and games so there's a category for them and there are separate categories for every academic subject as well because we realize that if we have only one or two uh, then the others will feel left out right so why is a social studies teacher any less than a science teacher or why is a language teacher any less than your english teacher right so we have a category for every single one of them we have a category for school leaders because very often there are communities in which your school principal or your school correspondent sort of is a champion right of change you know they're driving so much positive change in their school and through the school in the community so there's a category for them as well there's a category for special educators um, and so on uh, so yeah so uh, is there a number of years stipulated uh, for the person to be eligible to nominate himself or get nominated um yeah we 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 recommend that um, an educator should have been working for 2 years at least um you know and uh, before they can be nominated and you know of course self nominations are as welcome as uh, you know as as any other type of nomination so we just recommend that they should have uh, uh, been working in the education profession for at least 2 years okay and education needn't necessarily be school alone any kind no. of education it can be any kind of education um those who are um, you know teachers in the vocational uh, domain or um, um any of those as well 
Um, I, I, I think I recently um, happened to see, and, and you know, Star Educator Awards are now, by the way, live and open. Nominations are open. And nominations are uh, accepted only until August 27th. So anyone who wants to nominate themselves or others has to do it very quickly. Um, I think I, if I'm not mistaken, I saw, uh, I saw, um, I think a medical doctor who I think heads up some department. Uh, maybe it was orthopedics or something like that. I think someone had nominated um, a doctor from Gujarat, you know, and it was very nice to see that because, you know, and I thought about it and I said, why not? I mean, you know, this person is probably as the head of the department has trained generations of orthopedic doctors to go out there and, and do a great job. So, so he or she is a teacher too, right? So, so there really is no limit on what, what we mean by a teacher or an educator. And that's why it's called the Star Educator Awards. As long as you're an educator, um, and you're educating your learners, um, you, you, can, you can win an award. So you can self-nominate, you can nominate anybody else you think of it's in the category. So all this will be very clearly given and I'll share the guidelines as well as part of uh, this podcast. And is there anything else, Saraswati, that you want to uh, tell us, especially with education and with educators in mind? Mm -hmm. I think more about educators, because having been an educator myself, uh, both in India and um, I was a teacher for a while in Musket, which is in Oman, as well as in the United States for many years. Um, it, it's, um, you know, I just want to remind people that, you know, every day our children go off to schools, right, and spend a large part of the day there, right? Um, we don't have visibility into that. Right, parents typically because you don't go to your school and watch watch what's happening there. But teachers are, I think, one of the most underappreciated. Uh, it's one of the most underappreciated professions, according to me, because a lot of what teachers do is not visible to parents or to society in general. Right? I mean, you you see it in in how your child is is growing and learning. Right? But more often than not. Parents' expectations of teachers tend to be, society's expectations of teachers, let's not say parents, tend to be unrealistic, tend to be very demanding, and tend to be always critical, right? Uh, without realizing that a teacher actually dons several hats. An educator does so many different things in their, in their, in their job or their role, right? Um, so if you, if you look at, I mean, just me, myself, right? I mean, I, I, um, you know, I have two masters. I went to the United States to study. I was a teacher myself, but I did not teach my children how to read and write, right? There was a whole army of other teachers who did that for my children, right? So I think we don't, we really don't appreciate or we don't appreciate as much the significance of what teachers do and their, their influence on children, their impact on children, right? Um, the way the children are think, uh, thinking, um, attitudes, beliefs, everything. So, um, which is why we started Star Educator Awards in the first place, because we wanted to remind, you know, society and the world in general that, you know, uh, pay more attention to what your teachers are doing, right? Give them that appreciation. Sometimes all it takes is just letting an educator know that you've observed what they've done and you appreciate what they've done for you. And you should see the look on their faces, you know? Uh, and so, 
So that's that's all I would like to say, and and that's the very premise of the Star Educator Awards. True, very very true, uh, Saraswati, and. Uh... Congratulations once again on being in the 75 out of 75 <laughs> companies and startups for the amazing, meaningful work that you do. We are in the Independence uh, Day week and it's the 76th year. It's a long journey. If you take an individual, 76 years is a lot of experience. Yeah. And you are now in this space for seven years. So in this week when India is celebrating where she is, is there something that you want to tell society as far as teachers and educators are concerned? Maybe uh, three things we should remember. Normally I take life lessons, but uh, because this episode is so special, it's not like the other episodes. And this week is extremely special for us. Three things that you'd like to tell us to remember when it comes to educators. When it comes to educators, what I would love for people to remember is, um, you know, I'll, I'll go back you know, and, and sort of repeat the point I made earlier is we do not realize how much our educators are doing uh, because a lot of what they do is behind the scenes and not visible. Um, so I think, um, you know, it's like the iceberg. You see the tip and you assume it's only that much, but there's, uh, you know, 100x of it underneath the surface of the water. That, that is how much our educators do. And, um, you know, um, I, would, I would like all of us to remember to, um, to stop and pause and first realize how much our educators do. Second is to be kind to them, right? Uh, more often than not, uh, we're very ready to quickly criticize teachers or quickly, um, you know, look at what they've not done and ignore all that they have done. So I think, uh, I think, I think as a society, and, as a global society as well, I think be kind is just something that everyone should practice doing. And I think we should definitely all be kind to our, um, to our educators. Um, I think the third thing is we should, um, we should remember that just like any other profession, you know, our educators too need, uh, need support, right? Um, no, in, in no profession will you find someone, you know, um, solo just just doing what they do right no matter what your profession is no matter what your role is you're always interacting with someone else you're getting the support of someone else and for our educators um, you know how can we expect them to sort of uh, upskill or uh, uptrain retrain themselves all on their own it's not going to happen they're already doing 100x right so um, I think you almost remember and and in find ways to uh, provide them these opportunities, right? Teachers are the happiest when they get the right opportunities, right? They, all, they also want to, everyone wants to be better at what they do, right? You, I, everyone. So that includes our educators. So, you know, to any, uh, uh, anyone from school management who, who's listening to this, I, you know, I, I would just sort of request you to take a moment and consider, um, you know, the benefits that you will reap when you are able to enable your teachers and provide them an opportunity to upskill themselves and retrain themselves, themselves in the right way. Um, I think those are the three things I'd like to um, yeah. bring up. Yes, and they make such a huge impact, especially with India being the youngest democracy. The youth are the ones and the educators are the ones who are impacting them at a, the most impressionable age 
most important, literally the future of, of India lies in the hands of our educators, right? I mean, it is not an exaggeration. It is a fact, <laughs> right? It is a fact. So, so for that, what we need to do is to enable our educators, yeah. right? I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's as easy as one plus one is two, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And such an important point to end this special episode on to say that happy educators are a happy generation and a happy generation is a happy country. And it all starts and ends there. The circle comes completely to a full when we know our educators are the ones who need to be the happiest. So thank you so much. All the best for the awards that you're going to be hosting and continue to thrive Saraswati with Learning Matters and all that you do for education and educators mm -hmm. in particular. Thank you thank so you much. Thank you so much, Rashmi. Thank you for having me here again. And thank you for giving me this beautiful platform in which to talk about the Star Educator Awards, uh, which is such a unique, you know, program out there for educators to be recognized. And I, you know, request anyone listening to take a moment and go visit the Star Educators website and you know, everyone has has an impactful educator in their lives, right? It could be someone present, it could be someone in the past, it doesn't matter. Every single one of us knows at least two or three deserving educators who have who are going above and beyond to do something for their students. And I would request if each one of us even nominated one person, imagine the happiness it could bring that educator. Not the winning, just the fact that someone nominated them for the work they do is an award by itself. Yeah, that is so true. So Saraswati, can you just give us the website ID where people listening in can just go in and nominate their education? Absolutely, happy to. It's it's www.learningmatters.ai slash star hyphen educator hyphen awards. And I um, hope to see many people making use of this wonderful platform to bring recognition to deserving educators and educational institutions. Yes, so before uh, you forget, here is the uh, website ID again, https colon to slash, right? Learning Matters, L-E-A-R-N-I-N-G-M-A-T-T-E-R-S dot A-I slash star. S-T-A-R hyphen educator, E-D-U-C-A-T-O-R hyphen awards, A-W-A-R-D-S and slash. So this is the website that you need to go into. Put in your nominations for educators you think have made a difference either to you or anybody you know or an educator that you know and make sure you bring a smile on. Thank you so very much, Saraswati, for all that you do. All the very best. And once again, pleasure hosting you on You and I with Rashmi Shetty. Thank you so much, Rashmi. With that, we come to the end of this weekly quest of You and I with Rashmi Shetty. Do let us know if you know people who make the world beautiful. Write in to rashmi.thethirdi at gmail.com that is r-a-s-h-m-i dot t-h-e-t-h-i-r-d-e-y-e -E at gmail.com 
come let's explore this amazing world together both you and i